0: Because if you ask them to do anything, they say, why? Welcome to Stand-Up Stand-Up, presented by IT Misfits. This is where tech professionals and comedy intersect daily in your new favorite stand-up meeting. Each episode has two parts, a roundtable discussion on an IT topic, and then an open-source open mic, where each comic shares or works on a stand-up comedy bit. At the end of the week... We perform our final crafted bit. Just like any good stand up meeting, we try to make these short and valuable. Hopefully, this brings a smile to your day, gives you something to think about, and most importantly, gives you something funny you can share with other IT professionals. All right. Well, with me today are my fellow misfits, Tim Stevens, Samuel Hernandez, and Matt Campisi. My name is Jerry Black. Let's get into it. The quote for today. Jim Carrey, and it's uh, it's a lot of people don't know this about me, but when I was 14 year- years old, I was homeless for a while. My dad lost his job, and I was homeless. We lived in Canada, so I thought we were just camping. Now, that is a that is a line from one of his sets, but the story behind that line is that his dad really did lose his job at 51. And he's Jim Carrey said it broke my dad when he lost his job because his dad was an excellent saxophone player. And in Canada, when you're a musician like that, really, everybody says you got to go to America to kind of make your bones and then you can come back and play in Canada. But his dad had a couple of kids, family. I can't do that. So he became an accountant. And when he lost his job as an accountant, it was like, oh my gosh, I can't even be an accountant. I gave up my dream of saxophone. I can't be an accountant. And Jim Carrey said, I saw it break him. And I realized at that moment, you can fail at something you love doing or you can fail at something that you don't love. So why not fail? Why not choose to fail at something that you love? And so that has driven Jim Carrey his entire career as a, as a uh, something to to continue to drive him is I, if I'm going gonna, I'm, I'm gonna to fail, I'm accepting that I might fail, but I at least want to fail at something I love. So uh, today, we're going to be talking about James Clear's Atomic Habits. But before we get into that, let's do some open source comedy. All right. So this week, I've been talking about the generations. And I want to talk a little bit more about the millennials. Do uh, you know they were originally called Generation Y? But they had to change that because I guess they didn't want to identify as Generation Y, which I kind of understand because, you know, they were following Generation X. And when they got named Y, the reason was, well, because it comes after X, which is really crappy. Right. Like, uh, and Generation X sounds awesome. And then your Generation Y, you know, Generation X was like version 2.0, and Generation Y was like 2.01. Right, like just the, a little increment, not anything cool. That'd be like calling the uh, the Generation X. What if we had been called the Baby Boomers, Baby Boomers Two, the Return of the Baby Boomers? But oh, we we couldn't think of anything more clever. So you're just the Baby Boomers Two, to Return of the Baby Boomers.
1: <laughs>
0: so they change it to Millennials. But I thought Generation Y, and based on everything I know about them, I think Generation Y is perfect because if you ask them to do anything. They say, why? Like, hey, can you take out the trash? Why? Okay, hey, did you do your homework? Why? Um, You're 30. Can you get a job?
2: Why?
1: <laughs>
0: All right, that's what I've got for the day. Uh,
2: oh, Samuel, man. you're up. That is that is so good. Well, you know, I've been talking about travel. I just came back from vacation, and, um, you know, we took the lovely airlines the southwest airlines and as you know you don't get an assigned seat but i have cracked the code on how you know to not have somebody sit next to you all right so usually what i'll do is i'll get in and i'll sit in the aisle my wife will sit on the uh, window seat and i try i make sure to buy the slimiest like grossest looking food and i make sure to eat while people are boarding. And I'm telling you, it's freaking genius. So I'm sitting there eating the sandwich and I'm looking up like, you know, like, I'm pretty sure you don't want to sit here, right? I got stuff spread all out. I have the thing down and I'm telling you, it's freaking genius. I love Except it. The last time I did it, this big 300 pound guy sat next to me because he wanted to buy my sandwich. You can share that, virus. buddy. <laughs> nice, nice, nice. All right.
0: Uh, well, great work. And uh, now let's get into the topic. Uh, the topic for the day is is James Clear's Atomic Habits. And uh, before I get right straight into that, I do want to remind you just the same thing I said yesterday, which is if you haven't read Peter Drucker's uh, Harvard, Harvard Business Review article, Managing Oneself, I think it's a, what I call like a, a base function document a base function read it it leads into so many other things and so many other thoughts that if you start there i think it's great it's um it's first principles and i actually think the james clear stuff also is first principles which is why i think i enjoyed it so much um it's a it's a self-help and it delves into the uh the science of habit formation and then, he, but he does provide, which I like, he provides actual strategies as opposed to just, hey, here's the theory behind all of this. One of his major concepts is uh, compound thinking and uh, the compound effect of small changes that you turn into habits that consistently occur over time. And Tim, you've talked about that in the past. I, I 100% uh, believe that that is a, a key to making progress in your life, uh, there will be big moments of change, but more often than not, it's the saving $1 every day uh, and then allowing that to be, uh, to, to be acted upon, right? It's the exercising a little bit every day. You know, you can't, don't run a marathon once a year and go, oh, I'm healthy. So anyways, another uh, component is what he calls the systems first approach that don't focus only on the goal because when you reach the goal, then you, you sort of lose all of the structure, the momentum that got you to that goal. Instead, focus on the system. And by the way, goals force you to look way into the future and say, I'm going to celebrate then. But a systems approach where you celebrate the system, then you are celebrating almost every day. And so focus on that system. And then your, you whether or not you reach the goal or whenever you reach the goal, you have a system that will continue on past that, and you haven't waited until the very end for this uh, big celebration. I I, I want to dig into a little bit there. I'm going to pause and say that's interesting to me, and I wanted to know what you guys thought of that from a from a work perspective, because everything we do in work is really about that, oh, we have that thing we have to achieve. And a lot of the time, we're not putting necessarily systems in place that are how do we achieve a project? And let's put a system in place to achieve that project. And then all projects go into that system. That's how I kind of took it. But I wanted to get your guys' take
2: on it. I um, it's funny. I read the book and your summary of that hit like it, I missed it when I read. It. You know, sometimes you read a book and wherever you are in your particular stage in life or or me- mental, you know, whatever. Um, I missed that, but I think I think it really hits home what you said, and I think you know, when we talk about like, why, why am I doing IT misfits? What is it that I get out of it? Right. You know, the, the, the one thing that really struck me is, is having to put a system in place because I'm I'm am a, I'm a natural public speaker. I'm, you know, I'm, I'm very much like, I can just get up on stage and, and talk, right. My job. I talk all the time. It's what I do for a living, but to do comedy, I had to do a lot of prep and put a, a kind of a system in place where, I can, I can practice. And that really tested and maybe use a completely different muscle that I can now leverage in other areas in my life. Mm. Right. And I think, I think having that systems in place, that systems mentality is, is fundamental because if you look at we're very goal, we have to be driving towards something. And without that drive, there's no, there's no why there's no personal why. And then we all just kind of shrivel up and die. You know what I mean? And so Mm. I think I think I've heard so many stories of say, oh, well, if I just get that house, or if I just do that thing and then they get it and then they have no idea what to do with themselves after.
0: Yeah, yeah, interesting. Next he talks about the three layers of behavioral change, outcome, process, and identity. And this goes back to some of the stuff I've talked about in the past, even to managing oneself from Drucker. Identity is what will drive those behaviors because if you think about who you want to become, then that will help you identify the behaviors of that person that you want to become. What would that person be like? Uh, Warren Buffett did a thing, The uh, well, I, I just listened to it the other day. I don't know when he did it, but he's in front of a bunch of uh, students just in a classroom, uh, not, not like a big commencement speech. And he said, think about the person who you Think, just you, like um, the three of you do this little thought experiment. Who is it you think and look at and go, man, that guy's, that person is going somewhere. I just, I know they're going somewhere. Now think about what that person does. And now you have their, what attributes you like that you need to strive for so that you can be that person. And the, the reason it's a great thought experiment is it takes it out of your own head of, well, what do I need to do to achieve? We get wrapped up in that all the time. The same thing you can do for who's that person that you know is going nowhere. Those are things you want to avoid. Those behaviors are things you want to avoid. We as humans are great at seeing uh, success and failure in other people. We're terrible at seeing it in ourselves. If you put that mind thought or that um that uh, thought experiment in your head, it really helps you define those things that really are you because it's your perception, but it helps you uh, define that perception. He then talks about what's called cognitive slumber, which is essentially just accepting the norms for yourself. And really it becomes the, he kind of says, it's not that you're bad at communication. You had some experience at some point that made you believe you were bad at, at communication. And then you went out and gathered evidence to prove that you were right. Uh, It's the white car theory, right? I I bought a white car and now everybody owns a white car. I had no idea. Why is everybody buying white cars? It's because you have a white car. It's what you're focused on. If you believe you're bad at communication, you're going to focus on that until you prove yourself right. His key is the habit loop. And it's essentially feedback loops, which for us in uh, technology, right? We're really used to feedback loops. And he essentially says, look, habits are the easy button for the brain. It's, When I get X stimulus, I do Y. And then your brain doesn't have to think because your brain is essentially lazy. It uses up a bunch of energy and it's always consistently trying to figure out how to not use energy. If you give it the stimulus and you say this is what happens when that stimulus comes in, then it goes, oh, super easy. Great. I'm done. I don't have to think about it. Positive and negative. It's why we have why habits exist and how you can think about them as you proceed uh, into kind of his concepts of create, uh, understand the habit loop, cue, craving, response, reward, the ones that are good, keep doing those, figure out what the cues are, how you can um, create that craving. He really goes into, at that point, he goes into a lot of the detail of enacting these um, really, atomic habits—these habit loops and how different ways you can do it—that's the point where I feel like um, the book de- starts to really delve into the, the nitty-gritty, which would be too much for this um, conversation. So, anyways, that's uh, my review of uh, James Clear' Atomic Habits. I really do think you should go check it out if you're, um, you know, wanting to get better and not understanding why, you know, a little bit of why you can't get where you're trying to get. You know, Atomic Habits is a is a good book to to maybe help you along that path.
2: Yeah, great great book. I, I would and I would say it's probably so. I, I have a list of like these are books that I have to read every five years, mm-hmm. right? Because like the Atomic Habits, man, there's a lot there. A lot, you, yeah. you, you know what I mean. And, and yeah, if, rereading if you, if you, is you... is a wonderful because not
0: only is there a lot there. But where you are today versus mm-hmm. years from now, when you reread something, you go, yeah, "I didn't get absolutely. that at all from the first time." Yeah. Well, that's
2: because you weren't ready to receive it that way, or you weren't where you are. Yeah, it's like so. The whole systems thing. Like I wasn't ready to receive it when I first read it. Now I'm like, <laughs> "Now thanks." Now I got another book I got to read. <laughs> all right. So Jerry, did you
0: read it, or are
1: you did you audible it? Like, what's your oh, way of it? Every, everything for audible? me is audible. I'm a listener, I'm not a. So uh, you listen. So you have it on your phone, so you can play it maybe on the next drive or okay.
0: Yeah, and for me, what I'll do is I'll listen. And then the really good ones like this one, I'll buy the book. If I really want to commit it, then I buy the book and I go through with a highlighter and I highlight the heck out of it. Mm-hmm. Find those those things that are important to me. Then I take all of that and I go make notes. Like I go into Evernote and I will have my own personal summary of that book so that I can go back to the summary that references back to the book so that I know exactly where in that. But that's when I really want to consume something dig into it deep et cetera. it kind of depends on the book so matt you asked that question yesterday
1: what's going on i just like to hear i mean because jerry brought it up that you know people consume information differently so i think it's yeah. just interesting as we get to know each other and yeah. it'd be nice just to see that there's no one right way it's it's your personal way um so it's another interesting tidbit i want to learn more about you tim do you maybe read while ever, you're on the pot, Tim? That's what I want to know. Or do you listen <laughs> to audible books? You just have this way about you of making everything more awkward than it needs to be. I'm <laughs> no, just gonna saying? put that out there.
2: I it just don't, I don't agree with oh, that assessment maybe. at all. Oh for three, this is not my week. No, no, I just I I disagree. I think he adds more color, it, more well, more favor, more favor, more favor. Okay, <laughs> um, so. Have you guys ever tried reading while you're doing the audible?
0: Uh, I tried it no. a couple of times, but I listened to audibles at real fast speed. And so it's, <laughs> no. uh, it was, it was, Not it hurt my brain to do
2: it.
1: Well, that's what Jim quick says to do, right? The mm-hmm. faster you read, supposedly the more you obtain, the faster you can process. And then yeah. you become a faster reader over time. Mm-hmm. Wow. Yeah. really? Yeah. The boy with the broken brain. Hey, yeah, one Quig of the is, is another one that's yeah, interesting to,
0: if you, I mean, that's a great reference. If, if you get a chance,
1: one of the, uh, the sections in the book and I had to look it up and revisit it. Cause it's been a while since I've looked at this book is casting votes towards the identity that you are striving for. Yeah. Which I thought was really cool. Yep. And I, I'm going to take kind of uh, this book and some quotes from some other influencers and it, I'm going to kind of mix them together and give you my thoughts is that one of the kind of methodologies or philosophies that I think is, 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 is a, there's a lot of truth in it, a lot of value in it is let's say you want to become a millionaire. Well, to become a millionaire, your habits have to support that. They have to suggest that. And over time, you're going to learn what habits are going to serve you to become a millionaire and which ones are not. And watching others, like Jerry, like you mentioned, other millionaires are looking at other millionaires and really understanding kind of their genetic makeup and their DNA and how they operate is going to be helpful. But what's really cool is on your journey to become a millionaire, your habits are going to change you as a person. So yeah, in 10 years, you're a millionaire, great. But the person you become in the process is what attracts me, that type of person. And I'm a believer that, when you go through that transformation whatever it is it doesn't have to be a millionaire but that's why you you hear so much and read so much about people who become a movie star and also an author and also an athlete and also a millionaire and an investor because those habits that that they formed over time to become x whatever that is millionaire they then are able to take those habits they compound their discipline gets greater their tactics getting more proficient getting more efficient with everything just compounds and gets better and better over time where they they are accelerating and moving at such a faster pace than the rest of us when it comes to development that's exciting
0: that's cool all right well uh certainly want to say thank you to my fellow misfits samuel hernandez matt campisi and tim stevens i'm jerry black have a great day That's it for today's stand-up meeting. Remember, this isn't just a podcast. It's a weekly process to find the funny. You are front row at the birth of any of this comedy. It's open source. So please feel free to share this with people that you work with. If you share something funny with other people, their day will be brighter and you'll be amazed at how much better your day is because of it. Thank you very much for being here. Have a great day.